Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to Writer's Advice, everyone. This week, I have the absolute guru and queen of romance with us. Amy Dawes. I'm so excited to have Amy Dawes on. I had the most delightful chat with her about creating a brand, building listeners and sticking to your genre and and accepting yourself as a creative. Um, Yeah, she gave a really, really beautiful chat. So make sure you reach out to Amy and I if you have any further questions about this chat um, that I had with her. And you can also win a copy of Amy's book. So I am giving a copy away of Amy's first book, Chasing Hope. All you have to do is head to oliviahillier.com slash podcast, click the, or you could just easily click the link to it in the show notes, um, fill out your details and a copy of her first book could be being sent to you straight away. Um, other than that, like, subscribe if you love this episode, let us know any feedback that you have, um, share it with your friends share with us on Instagram where you're listening to it and um, what you took from this episode as well. Thanks guys. And without further ado, here is Amy. Welcome back listeners. Today I am very excited because we are joined by, um, I don't know, should I call you like the romance guru? Because you (laughs) you really are. We're joined by Amy Dawes. So thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. You really are the romance guru. Like your stories are excellent. Like <laughs> when you really, really want to dive into romance, um, if you haven't heard of Amy, where have you been? Because her books are, have you had, did you say you've had, have you had 13 bestsellers or you've top 13? Um, I, I guess I don't know about bestsellers. I've published 20 books. Um, yeah. thir- 13's probably close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. How did it all start for you? So when, yeah, when, how did you know that you were a writer and where did it all start for you? Um, it's kind of a sad start, but it, it has a happy ending. Um, <laughs> my first, my first book was a memoir called Chasing Hope. And it was um, mine and my husband's experience through recurrent pregnancy loss. Um, we had several second trimester miscarriages before we had our daughter Lorelai. And I'd remembered kind of writing a lot about what was going on back then. And I was writing it like dialogue. Like I would remember like moments we had in the hospitals after one of our losses or at home when we were grieving and things like that. And I was writing it all down. And I don't know, eventually um, after Lorelai, I remember my daughter Lorelai having her, I remember thinking I wanted to remember all the bad stuff because the bad got me to the good, um, which was our wonderful daughter. So yeah, I wrote Chasing Hope and I published that. Didn't really have much dreams of sticking with memoir. Um, you know, I'm just a normal person. I'm not a celebrity. I don't like necessarily have a hot take on anything in life where I felt like memoir was a genre I wanted to stick in. And plus I was an avid romance reader. So, um, I was like, God, I wonder if I could try my hand at fiction. If I could write nonfiction memoir, maybe it'd be more fun to try fiction. So that's how it started. One of my first, um, early novels in my London lover series, 
was about a heroine with an infertility storyline. So I kind of used um, some of my past traumas uh, to, in that book and worked through it. And you can, and it's cool because you can just see me healing throughout my career. Every book gets a little lighter, a little brighter, a little, you know, like more me, at like finding myself again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's still very easy for me to tap into that emotional side in my books, even in my later rom-coms. Um, that, that, you know, that vibe is still inside of me, I guess. But yeah, that's how I started. Yeah, that's excellent. And you said, I love how, I, I didn't actually know that you started with a memoir. There you go. I have to, I have to get my hands on that because I love when there's so much to start from a point where it is so real to you and to be able to put that into words and then to, I love how you said there's still so much of me throughout these stories, even though they're fiction, because you do really see that in people's books and a lot of people don't, don't own that. And I'm just like, no, it's great because you're able to put so much of yourself um, into it. So yeah. So now you're up to your 20th book. Um, I've I've got so many (laughs) questions of how you got there, but what is your process of writing now today and how do how do those stories come to you obviously you said you still put some of yourself in there but you're also picking these fun little tropes and and going from there yeah um I'm not a super disciplined person in life at all um I kind of stumbled into this amazing career where I can be very flexible with my days and my time um I say that usually like I'll release a book and in it I enjoy that process of releasing and marketing and connecting with readers um, until uh, my self-hatred gets so intense for not writing and not being productive and not starting a new book. My self-loathing kicks in and I start feeling guilt. And then I finally sit down and try to write another book. Um, it is not a healthy process. I do not recommend, uh, but it's it works for me. So yeah, I release a book. I kind of mess around for a few months. I do think it it's recharging my my creativity. You know, I binge a lot of shows that I didn't watch while I was writing. I read books. I, you know, put my ear to the ground and figure out what readers are loving right now. And then I kind of, you know, finally gear up and sit down and get going. So, but it takes me, you know, I'm, I kind of release every six to seven months. So, um, but I can't say I'm working on a book for six months. So that's absolutely not true. I am, I am goofing off for at least three months and then rushing to the finish line for the next three months. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's essential though. I've had a couple of these conversations where I know how you say, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not seen as the healthy or it can't, it's not always the creative process. Isn't always the quote unquote, I'm going to do this like so many hours and get it done. And it's great if you can create that. But at the same time, I find procrastination and goofing off kind of essential in some places because you, that's how you get, grab your ideas, right? Like it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. And I'm taking, and I'm taking a lot of notes, you know, I I usually kind of know what I'm going to write next. So it's just percolating in my mind for those months that I'm in sloth mode and just (laughs) chilling. So it works out well for me, I guess. (laughs) That's excellent. And when did, what part of it, when was the moment where you're like, wow, this is, this is a serious business for me. Like you've created a really wonderful business out of this. And you've also I can tell now, like speaking to you, so you in situations, which also makes it very great to have your audience like super connected with you as well. So yeah, how, how did that all start? 
I mean, I, I think my Harris Brothers series, my sports romance is the series that really started taking off for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just really clear marketing on that. It was sports romance. It was four brothers who all played for the same team. It just, it had a hook in its headline, you know? And so I could see that series growing, like every release was almost doubling in success. And finally, like in one month of a release, I made more on that book than I had in my day job that I had currently for a whole year. So then I was like, okay, maybe now I should start thinking about making this a career and not having a day job and writing at night because it's exhausting and um, never ending, but it was scary. And I, I kept pushing that deadline back for when I was going to quit the day job because it's scary because you just, you just don't know how long you can count on success. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely my Harris Brothers series that kind of catapulted my career. Yeah. So what was that moment? Like, you're like, I'm fine. Okay, when you say I'm pushing that deadline back, you're like, I know I'm finally going to bet on myself. I can see that this is happening. It is scary. <laughs> when, when was the moment? Gosh, I mean, I, I remember the day I remember, you know, like we decided I was going to leave. Like um, I had a book signing that weekend. And so the last day of my day job was Friday. And then I like went to Vegas for a book signing. Oh, okay. And I remember thinking, what a great way to celebrate um, you know, this journey, but it was also terrifying, but so many of my author friends there could relate. And they're like, you just put your nose to the ground. You keep writing books, you'll do it. You just keep being you. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was totally exciting. And, you know, we had like a dollar amount in mind that I needed in savings as like a rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. Like if all of my books go to crap and no one buys another one of my books, I can survive for a few months to get a new job. Like you come up with worst case scenarios because this is just such a dream job and it's such a, it feels like a fluid job that you can't quite always hold on to and figure out what it's going to do. So, you know, you just want to be smart and safe, but yeah, I mean, I feel very lucky. So it's, it's gone well. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and what, what advice would you give um, upcoming authors when it comes to building a brand or connecting with your audience? Because I think that's something that you do really amazing with as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky because I'm an extrovert by nature. I don't know if it's obvious. <laughs> like I'm like clown around, you know, I'm like the dancing monkey or something. Um, but like being an extrovert helps me because I'm just very much myself on social media. Yep. Um, and I, I'm kind of a no filter person and I'm very self-deprecating and that's relatable content. I think when I really started connecting with readers was when I kind of became famous for writing in a tire shop waiting room. <laughs> And I don't I know if you know anything that. about that story, but just to give a quick recap for anyone that doesn't, um, I'd been having a little writer's block. I went to a tire shop for a set of tires and their waiting room was awesome. And um, I brought my laptop and I was drinking all their really good free coffee and cookies. Like it was just, it was a swing. It was nicer than coffee shops. <laughs> I loved it. And I was like, I opened my laptop and all of a sudden I was able to write all these words. I'd been going to all these fancy coffee shops and nothing was happening. And here in a tire shop waiting room, it was like a heyday. And so I um, kept going back. I was sneaking in at one point. I was posting about it on social media and it just sort of blew up and like Buzzfeed reported on it and some <laughs> national news outlets. Like it was just wild. But I think that like, if, if it was gonna happen to anyone, it would happen to me. <laughs> Like that is my personality to a T. So I think that helped readers really figure out who I was and 
you know, um, connect with that. And that's what really social media is all about because as much as we're just selling books, it is a part of selling yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because a lot of authors might be introverts or they might not enjoy social media and marketing and they hate that. And, um, you know, for me, it's not that hard. Um, and I do enjoy it. It, It's part that feeds my creativity too. Like I get a lot of energy from the readers and their reaction. And so that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah it's amazing and you're so right like it that story too it's like it's it's your fun and your joy that that does come through in your writing as well so um yeah. that's really excellent is there any other words of advice that you would like to pass on to upcoming writers particularly those who want to um build more of a brand and write longer series and you know make it more of a career sure um I mean there's a million ways to be successful in this industry. Like you don't have to be a top 50 author Mm. or top 100 author. Some authors that maybe don't hit the top 100 all the time do really good in foreign markets, or some people have really good audio followings and, um, or paperback sales or just local sales. You know, there's just so many different ways to be successful. So definitely don't look at what someone's doing and think I can't do that because I'm not like her. You know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. not, that's not the case. You can find your own way and your own path to being successful in this industry. But the biggest thing is to write good books, you know, to write good books that are easy to market. I think the romance industry as a whole is so popular because it's people that come back because they know what they like, you know, and we keep giving it to them over and over. And some people think it's repetitive or that romance is like um, a formula. And in a way it is, but in a way, every story is a little bit different and it still gives you that feeling in your chest that makes you like warm and cozy and just like love the story. And so um, find what it is that readers are looking for and write that, those tropes, like especially romance, Mm. enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, workplace romance, nanny romance, any of that stuff, those are tropes. And like, for me, I know I love a roommate romance and bridal. If there's like a bridal cover, like a wedding dress, I buy it right away. I don't even have to read the blurb because, (laughs) and and like, we all have that. It's like our instinctual preferences. So um, you write to those people and you, you market to them and you find that hook to grab them right away so that they give your book a try. Yeah. Yeah. Write good books market good market well with strong tropes and and understand that you can find your success in multiple ways yeah absolutely I love how you say that too because it's like especially when it comes to romance and it's I guess that is why it's so popular you're selling the experience and that feeling it's it's not the book it's like that feeling and that experience that you're giving people when you know that they're gonna dive um so deep into the story so that's excellent Yes. yes I really want to know what <laughs> what exciting stories or tropes is there anything you can kind of give us a, a giveaway to us of what your what's on your bucket list of what you want to write I'm sure there's so many stories that just run around in your head <laughs> or do you kind I mean, of just I mean, wait for one and the next one and kind of go I, from there I don't so a lot of authors do they have a million ideas up here I'm not like that at all I'm like a one idea person this is yeah. all I can focus on don't talk to me about other ideas don't distract me this is it <laughs> I also don't think I'm necessarily a super duper creative person. Like every book I write, I have to remind myself that I've done this before because I have imposter syndrome like severely um, where I just think, God, I'm not as good as everything I read out there. This is, isn't, 
like, I don't know why people like this. I don't know why people keep coming back to me. So that voice like lives in my brain rent-free all the time. So I'm constantly trying to tell that voice to be quiet. So I really just try to focus on the one story I'm working on and try to fall in love with that couple. Um, I'm working on a nanny, a nanny romance right now. Uh, and it's my first single dad book. I don't know how I've written 20 books and never written a single dad because it's such a popular trope. Um, but I'm, I'm actually low-key loving the book, which means it's early stages because eventually I'll hate it and I'll yeah. hate everything and I'll want to burn it down with my whole house and my whole career and never return. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not super dramatic at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is so good. Firstly. Okay. There's, there's two, two questions I have from that. When you say you get to that point of where you want to burn it down, is it because you've read it so many times you've done the editing it's like you put it out there and you never want to read it because you've worked on it so much is that what it gets to or Prob for me I think it's because I want it perfect and I want I like usually I get to some point in their emotional journey where I'm like what is he doing why is he doing this what I gotta like get in his head and um communication is one of my strongest strengths um I don't know if you've done the Clifton strengths test yeah, but yeah I'm I'm number two communication so I usually have to talk it out with someone and I'm like I don't know why he wouldn't just fall in love with her this is so dumb like why do we write this genre you know and like I got it it's just that moment where I have to dig deeper and try harder and go to a place that's uncomfortable and like that's when the magic starts to happen yeah so the self-hatred is a part of the process for me yeah. at least yeah. hopefully not everybody hopefully other people have an easier time than I do but I do know usually there's always a point in every book where I hate it and even when I release it I don't trust that it's good I just don't I don't have that confidence and I've learned that that's okay that's also a part of my process mm -hmm. um and I have to trust my my team I have a, a great PA I have beta readers um who will push me and tell me if something isn't working and so hopefully if I've done all the work, even if I still hate it when it's done, the readers won't. And for the most part, that hasn't happened where readers hate it as much as I do. And usually once I hear what the readers are saying about it, then I start to love it too. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that was cute. <laughs> I guess they are adorable. You know, like my, my prime example is my book Blindsided, which is by far my most popular book. It hit number one in the Kindle store two years later because it blew up on TikTok. Um, that just happened in like January. I hated that book when I published it. And I thought I fell short. I was like, this one just fell short. I had all these ideas and I just, I didn't pull it off. I didn't pull it off. And, it, and I published it and it did really well and everyone loved it. And now they've loved it again, two years later. And it's like this whole TikTok thing now. So it's just so funny. Like you're just your own worst critic, um, no matter what. And I think I think that works for me because it keeps me hungry and it keeps me like a little bit desperate so that I'm always trying harder on every book. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, I do want to call, call you creative. I find it interesting that you don't call yourself creative because even <laughs> the way you talk about writing, you obviously let your characters take you on a journey because you get to that point where you're like, oh, what is he doing? You know what I mean? And I just think, I think that's definitely creative. So, um, yeah, it is fine. interesting. It is interesting. I don't identify with that label. I don't and I don't know exactly why. But um, I think maybe I've seen other authors with all the ideas and all of this and they get so excited and so passionate. I'm like, Oh, God, I don't, I don't relate to that. <laughs> but I mean, eventually the book gets done. And you know, so I guess, yeah, I'm sure I'm creative. But I think a lot of writing, I think ideas are a dime a dozen. There are ideas everywhere. It's mm -hmm. you have to sit down and do the work.
yeah. to really be able to own that label of an author and a writer and, you know, actually put your stuff out there to be judged. And um, so that's, that's a big thing that I, that I consider myself good at is like the follow through. I finish what I start and yeah. that's, that's a big part of the battle of becoming an author. Yeah. And how do you, how do you deal with that where, where you have that moment where you're like, I don't know how this is going to see in the market and you, you have to just put it out there, let it go and see what happens. <laughs> like that's nerve. How do you deal with that? I, you know, I, I, I just hope that if I believed in it, they will too. You know, um, mm-hmm. even though I said, I hate everything I write, obviously <laughs> that's not fully true. Um, but you know, like I remember um, my fourth Harris brother is the final brother of the series. And I had a crazy idea for him and I'd been building up him up in all the books. And I was like, Oh my God, my readers are going to flip. And basically it was going to be a power switch where um, the female was more of the dominant and he mm-hmm. was more the submissive. And I was like, I can't tell my readers I'm going to do this because they won't follow me. I just have to surprise them and hope that I can sell it in the book. And I did like, they loved it once they read it, but I hundred percent guarantee if I would have marketed it that way, a ton of them wouldn't have read it. They would have been like, no, Amy, I don't want to see a strong masculine footballer be submissive to a female. That's not hot. (laughs) And I'm like, no, but you have to read it. It is because there's power in the submission. And, you know, so you just have to hope that you write it well enough to to bring them on the journey to make them a believer by the end. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Like I can't like thank you for everything you create. This it, it, your stories are literally so full of joy and that like oh <laughs> that that romance feeling. So if anyone hasn't bought one of Amy's books, I highly recommend um, getting your hands on it. I do have a couple of just last questions. Firstly because it's writer's advice, do you have any just final words of advice for our um, listeners? And two, where can everyone find you, buy your books, learn more about you, get in contact with you? Sure. Um, For writers, you just need to finish that book Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure you get a lot of eyes on it before it's out there and make sure that it's connecting with people. And if it's not, go back and add some things in and make sure it's really marketable. Um, I think in my early days, my books, they were hard for me to explain and that's usually a bad sign that it's, mm. it's too swirly, it's too twisty, there's no clear um, path. And unfortunately for readers, you have to really have a clear message, a clear marketing trope for them to take a chance on you. So um, the more concise and marketable you make your book, the better. Um, so yeah, mark, market it with good strong tropes and just get it done and get eyes on it. Um, and then and as far as we can, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just want to ask a quick question with that. You said you have a team. So who do you have beta readers? Who do you go to and trust when it comes to that process? Yeah, I actually have alpha and beta readers. Oh, nice. I call alpha readers are someone who read as I write. Yep. Um, my assistant and a couple people that I've worked with throughout the years um, will just read a few chapters as I'm writing because my um, one of my stronger strengths is communication. I enjoy that early feedback and I, I enjoy being able to talk out the story with someone Yeah. Um, and just to help me get in their head and be like, what do you think Max thinks about this? You know, it's so funny when I hear what their perception is of what I'm writing. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I agree. Okay, let's keep going. So I have alpha readers. And then at the end, I have a beta reader that will read it all the way through because I make a lot of changes along with my alpha readers notes. So by the end, I do need fresh eyes to read the whole thing. So usually I have one or two beta readers at the end. And because I have such great alpha readers, usually my beta feedback isn't that in that isn't that um, intense or a lot of labor intensive because 
I've done so much pre-work and I do edit a lot as I write. That's a part of my process. Um, I just go back and I reread and I rewrite and I fluff it, I call it, um, and just fill it out more and add more feeling and things like that. So um, yeah, I have a great PA, great alpha and beta readers, editors, uh, covered. I, I designed my own covers for the most part, but um, you know, I have great formatters and yeah, it really does. It takes a lot of people to get this process done. Audio narrators yeah. are a huge part of my, my um, brand because I love my audiobooks so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've worked with a lot of amazing people in this industry and it's, it's just so cool. We can do it all from our own home and, you know, be our own boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's created an awesome brand. Excellent. Yeah. And where can people find you lastly? Um, so I'm on TikTok. Yes. I'm all the rage. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not all the rage, <laughs> but I do love TikTok. I, I, I was resistant at first. And then I like kind of joined in and then one of my books blew up on TikTok and I was like, oh yeah, TikTok fan for life here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I'm on Instagram and you know, my website, everything's Amy Dawes author. Um, no E on the Dawes that those E's get slipped in there a lot, but it's just D-A-W-S. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I have, I have a newsletter that's all up on my website, amydawesauthor.com. And awesome. I'm also in Kindle Unlimited. So those binge readers. Oh, excellent. Um, that have Kindle Unlimited can really enjoy that without a huge financial burden. So I love, I love KU for that. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. I can't thank you so much for um, joining us today, Amy. I've had the most wonderful chat and I highly recommend that everyone goes and follows you on TikTok and Instagram and, and all the places <laughs> get on the newsletter and buy her books. If you are, I know so many people who are just, you know, when, when you're, when you love romance, you're on it. So <laughs> make sure that yeah, they grab yeah. your read. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Bye.